Welcome back to another episode of Reflect, Reclaim and Liberate. And today I'm really excited to welcome Benjamin Heldfond and Nikki DeBartolo from Our Happy Divorce. Ben and Nikki are empowering and inspiring people to think differently about divorce, co-parenting, step-parenting and what it means to put kids first. So welcome, Ben and Nikki. It's great to have you. Thanks for having us. Thank you uh, for having us. I don't think uh, Nikki's last name has ever sounded so well. I know. <laughs> it did. That sounded great. It sounded great with us. <laughs> Just to kick off, can you please uh, share a little bit about yourselves, your story, and your happy divorce? I don't mind who wants to go first. You guys can fight that out and you can show us how collaboration and cooperation really works. <laughs> and not strangle each other? Oh, go ahead. <laughs> well, we met in San Francisco. I dragged him to Tampa to move here. Then I divorced him, and then we managed to maybe not hate each other. You forgot about having ex- oh. oh, we had a we had a wonderful child. There you go. Yes, oh. we did. Yeah, that was a, that was a big big moment in that, and we, we managed to get a divorce and not entirely hate each other. Yeah, I mean, I think the the, the one thing about uh, our relationship is uh, we started off as friends. I mean, we started off loving each other, and, and we had a good time together. And and we sort of looking back on it, it's easier uh, uh, so than go. going through it but looking back on it uh we you know we were at that age in our mid-20s and and I think we sort of got the in love and loving each other sort of mixed up um you know how it was like when we got married everyone was like so when are you when are you getting married it's time for you guys to get married oh you're at that age you should have get married you should have babies Oh, I mean, we kind of were like, yeah, yeah, and sure. Then, and then I moved, like Nikki said, we I moved across the country, and and at that point, I thought it was, you know, if I was going to move, it was time for a bigger commitment, and uh, we got married. And uh, uh, you know, like Nikki said, we uh, we had a beautiful son together, um, and then it just sort of fell apart. Uh, and we, I think we were both in love with the person that we wanted the other person to be, instead of being in love with the person uh, that they were or we were at, at that time and, and and when we decided to get divorced I think it had all the mixings and the ingredients and the uh um set up for a very high conflict divorce I mean I don't know any marriage that ends you know with roses and sunshine and and uh you know somehow we we, we got it right yeah um there are there are a few I think that end with roses and sunshine but it's a rare rare occurrence I agree um so what were the elements you said you were, you know, pri- almost primed the two of you for a high conflict divorce. What do you think made the shift? What made the difference? I, I think um, one of the most important things for the two of us was giving each other space. And that space isn't really in my wheelhouse. <laughs> true story. Like when I'm upset. I hear you, sister. I, I hear you. <laughs> my wheelhouse is to be in someone's face not to give someone space and I think that we both what are you laughing that no I just, it rhymed <laughs> that was poetic <laughs> might be made I, think, laughing, but yeah. <laughs> I think that for us we both realized that we wouldn't want to have wanted to be married to each other like mm. uh, we wouldn't have wanted to be married to the person that we figured out that we were and I think going to therapy was the number one thing that helped us both going to therapy separately to try to figure out our own crap and try to you know get our own selves on a better path not not together and not to be together but to be with ourselves 
Yeah. And, and for me, um, you know, it was sort of a story of, of what to do and what not to do. And, and uh, when I left or we decided to leave, I was an angry, bitter, resentful man dramatic. and very dramatic. Yeah. And, and uh, my first call was to a lawyer um, yeah. and, and mistake number one. And if you're listening and you're going through a divorce, I just urge you uh, don't call a lawyer first. Uh, and uh, what turned it around for me is I got this paper back from uh, or, or this uh, war and peace memo from my lawyer about an attack plan. Because I went with to him wanting an attack plan, and he gave it to me. And uh, um, what turned it around for me was opening it up. Uh, I think like two weeks after he gave it to me, and, and start reading it. Um, and I I was able to tap into my experience as a kid, and I came from a very high conflict divorce. Um, and and for whatever reason, the first couple pages into this thirty five page memo. Um, I got, uh, you know, I was honest with myself for the first time. And I said, I know where this, the rest of this ends. I know where this path ends because I lived it. Uh, you know, I had a, a life experience, a human experience with it. Um, and, and I put it away. And, and the next phone call that I made was what I urge people to do uh, was to, uh, you know, call a therapist. And, uh, you know, the lawyer, uh, divorce has a business side of it and a emotional side of it. And the business side of it will get screwed up 10 times out of 10 if people bring the emotional stuff into that business side of it. Um, and, and so Nikki and I were able to clean up the emotional side a little bit, um, you know, like Nikki said, and concentrate and focus on our side of the street and sort of realize that it takes two to make a relationship and it takes two to ruin a relationship. Um, and, and so that made the business side of it a little bit easier. It didn't make it simple, but it just made it a little bit easier. Yeah. Which I guess is, you know, that's exactly why I do what I do. I help clients, my clients, my people take care of the emotional side that, so that the business side tends to, I'm not going to say take care of itself. That's not true. And you guys know that that's not true. Mm -hmm. That's not the truth. Right. But it does simplify it. If you can tone your own, if you can heal your own stuff, as you said, Ben, like work out what's on your side of the street and take care of that, then you can make, in the middle of the road and step forward together. Yeah. Right. And, and instead of making decisions on the business side of it to hurt Nikki. Right. right. And that's, I think what happens if I had brought those emotions, because that's where I was when I called that lawyer, I didn't, it was all her fault. Hmm. If only she had done this if only, and I was going to show her. And so that's, that's an emotional business decision, right? That is a, you know, I'm going to take the espresso machine because it means so much to Nikki. Right. And we're going to spend hours in mediation or litigation. Over, over, over an espresso machine for no other purpose and it means a lot to Nick. Yeah. And that's a little bit hyperbole, yeah. but you know, uh, laced with a little bit of hyperbole. But yeah, it, it happens. It, that's what happens. Yeah. That's what happens yeah. when you have the emotional side. Yeah. So tone that emotion down and, and then focus on the business side. Yeah, I love it. So I guess that kind of leads me to the next question. What other elements do you think? make that's one element but what other elements do you think make a happy divorce possible and I'm I guess I'm asking not just about the process of divorce but the aftermath as well because if you've got children like you have like I have with my ex-partner then you're tied together so for life I, I believe so what makes a happy divorce possible I think just one quick thing in the in the beginning of that, that made it possible that set it up was also you know the therapy we talked about but also was a little bit of uh, forgiveness 
which included self-forgiveness and then forgiveness, you know, to, to Nikki and a little bit of compassion, right? And, and you know, that uh, um, part of it, um, of truly forgiving the past and truly forgiving, I think Nikki, you know, you've talked about being a woman and having to forgive yourself, right? Yeah. And, and you know, for being a, you know, I was scared to death to have to be a single mom at such a young age. And I mean, yes, I, I had a family around and people around, but still, it's still, it, it was like almost damaging to myself that I felt like I was a failure. So, I mean, it took a lot for me to understand that, you know what, like I can, you know, I can do this. I can do this as a single mom. I, you know, I, it's, it, I don't know what it was, but, you know, deeming myself a failure for the ending of a relationship was more like a failure as a mother to me. That's what I felt like. So I, you know, it took a lot for me to have to realize that that wasn't the case. Yeah. That, you know, I could be just as good of a mom, if not a better mom on my own. Not that I would tell anybody to go get divorced to be a better mom on their own, but, you know, but you have to do things that you aren't, that you wouldn't normally be doing because you don't have a spouse. Yeah. So yeah. you kind of have to take on both roles when you're alone. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, one of the things that's just really quick that we did, we were able to do when we talk about the forgiveness, or or, you know, when I got done with this therapy, and I'm also uh, a member of a twelve step program, and, and part of that was, you know, first of all, seeing what uh, where I went wrong and what I did, and, and taking an honest look at that, but then make amends for it, you know. And so I called Nikki to um, coffee, um, and you know, I said I was sorry. And uh, it wasn't for any, you know, I'm a bigger person. It wasn't for any other reason than just, you know, to, to acknowledge my side of the street was really messy. And, and I'm sorry, despite what she had done, you know, or that I perceived that she had done. And, you know, just got honest with her. And, and we joke, it was, and she then in turn apologized to me, which we joke and, you know, there's a little bit of reality and laughter, but it's the first <laughs> and only time I think we really apologized to each other. And, and authentically apologized to each other and then accepted each other's apology. And from there, that was the building blocks or that was the foundation um, of, you know, we call it our happy divorce. And I think too, when, you know, you asked about, you know, what other steps we took, I think that our number one thing, we looked at each other and said, every single solitary decision we make is what's best for Asher, who is our son. And it wasn't about me. It wasn't about whether I liked that or was it wasn't about whether it was, you know, beneficial for me or beneficial for Ben. It's it we really and truly it was all what's best for him. And that included, you know, the way we made schedules and custody schedules and arrangements and you know, the way we went to events for him or had birthday parties together for him, even when we didn't want to be around each other. And everything had to do with what would make that child smile. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and putting him first, you know, meant, uh, you know, one of the secrets, one of the secrets of our success is, is, you know, swallowing our ego, swallowing our pride, putting our big boy pants on, you know, and realizing that, you know, our, our son had no choice uh, in, in this process. He didn't choose for me to ask Nikki out the first time. He didn't, you know, didn't choose for us to get married, have him. And he certainly didn't choose uh, for us to get divorced. And so, you know, he shouldn't be uh, uh, faced with the consequences of those decisions. 
Um, and I was able to, you know, uh, that's where my experience helped so much, I think, through this process. And Nikki comes from family that no one's been divorced. You know, and I grew up in a high conflict, you know, with War of the Roses, you know, in the 80s. There was one way, way, way of doing divorce. And it was a terrible, awful environment uh, to be to be raised in. Um, and, and so being able to tap into that experience, I think, helped us out a lot because I knew what it was like. Yeah. Yeah. And placing Asha, your child, front and center of all of your decisions is just so powerful, as is owning your own messy side of the street mm-hmm. and and doing doing the work to heal and, and and apologize for that ben you touched on ego and i'm really interested to know what part ego plays in a happy divorce and a happy blended family afterwards what are your best tips nikki ben for putting our ego aside well here here's our secret sauce <laughs> you know after years of therapy after years of self-help books um we faked it until we made it. Yeah. And, and, and you know, that, that includes Nikki touched on Asher school events, you know, and we wouldn't want to sit next to each other, but we sat next to each other and we put our smile on our face. And when we started bringing, you know, our now spouses around to each other, I mean, no one wants, no one wants that. No, I mean, you, Ben always talks about the fact that he met my now, well, no, he knew the problem was we were both friends with my now husband. So when he started coming around in a different capacity, it was like, oh, really? Right. And I that... don't want to... <laughs> but he knew he had to swallow his ego and say, hey, you know what? Okay, let's just. This guy's around. He's, you know, and, and, and a perfect example of that is, is the first time that Nikki, you know, had called me and said he, he was bringing Chad, her husband, uh, to one of Asher's baseball games. And I was the coach of the baseball game. So I knew, you know, all during the game, I'm looking over at the, uh, in the stands, just knowing that this is going to happen. This is going to go down, right? It's going to happen at the end of this game. And, you know, an hour and a half later, after, you know, me just beat myself up mentally, uh, the game gets over. Asher runs over to Chad and Nikki. Um, you know, I sort of saunter over there and slowly, slowly and, and, and talking to myself like Keep this sure. is, this is going to be your moment. You're either going to shine or you're going to crash and burn. Right. And, and, uh, you know, insides are just ripping each other apart. Like here's this guy who I knew before and he's dating Nikki and, and not only that, he's around my son. It just had all these recipes for, you know, for male. And I'm sure, you know, women too, uh, ro- you know, the romance part of it, like nothing speaks to ego, you know, for me more than, or hurts my ego more than romance and finance. And so, and <laughs> what is divorce? And what is divorce, <laughs> you know, encapsulate, right? Yeah. And so this is this is the romance part of it. And, and I walked over there and, uh, you know, the first thing I did, you know, I had a smile on my face and I went over and even before I said, I had Nikki, I gave Chad a hug. And, and Asher was right there. Yeah. And it was pretty, you know, I guarantee you, if we had video of it, it was a very awkward <laughs> man hug, like, but we did it, right? Okay, <laughs> You're like, all right, buddy. Really quick, probably. Um, you know, but it was just also to d- diffuse it and let Asher know that it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, and I didn't want to do it, you know? And so <laughs> that that's an example uh, of just swallowing the ego. Like I could easily just go to my car or, you know, had a sourpuss look on my face and and then over time, it got a little bit easier and a little bit more natural. And I talked about faking until we made it. That was faking. Yeah. You know, I didn't, I didn't want to hug that guy. I didn't want to do anything. <laughs> and, that, and eventually now I love hugging him. You know, and they last a little longer. <laughs> yeah. And just a beautiful <laughs> message for, for Asha that, yeah. about how to handle 
tricky emotional situations. And then it's okay. Uh, it's okay for it him to okay. like, it's okay for him to it's love okay. this guy. Mm. You know, it's okay for him to, you know, cause Nikki and Chad at the time are serious, you know? So whether I liked it or whether I didn't like it, it didn't really matter. So I might as well make the, you know, the best of the situation. And it turned out to be, you know, when I take away all the ego and I take an honest look, he's a great guy. He loves my son. My son loves him. Uh, he makes Nikki happy. You know, there's an expression. That's really hard to do, right? That's, that's, that's <laughs> very hard to do. You know, the happy wife, happy life. There's even another expression, happy ex-wife, happier life. Yeah. And so, you know, he checks all the boxes. But but if I'm wearing ego glasses, he checks, he checks none of them. I can find every fault in him yeah. and why he's not that's good true. for Nikki and why he's good, not good for Asher. Yeah. Yeah. But again, placing Ash's well-being and making decisions, you know, placing Ash's well-being at the forefront and making decisions around what's best for him. It's best for him for his mom to be happy in a loving, caring, nurturing, supportive relationship. It's best for him mm -hmm. to have other adults as well as his biological parents around him that are supporting and caring and loving him. Yeah, it's win-win. It really is. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Okay. In terms of co-parenting, blended families, apart from setting aside ego, what other crucial things do you think are, what other things are crucial, I suppose, is the question, in terms of making that, that whole environment, that blended, extended family harmonious? Well, I mean, I think, I think one of the things is... Oh, is we definitely, I mean, we don't always, we don't, we still don't. I mean, we don't, we don't always see eye to eye. We don't parent the same. We don't, you know, I mean, it's, I mean, he's, he's 18 now. So, I mean, obviously parenting is quite different with an 18 year old than it is when he was growing up. But I mean, I think a, a lot of it was we really needed to keep lines of communication open and we would have, you know, now in the world of texting, we would have, you know, family text chains where we would go over things and where he was going and what he was doing. And, you know, if he's at his dad's house, I would have like, you know, it, I felt that, you know, there was a right to know where he was going at night or, you know, who he was hanging out with and vice versa. And I think too, that I, th I just think it's very important to keep lines of communication and keep things as similar as possible at both houses. I mean, we may not parent the exact same, but you know, we you've got to keep the rules the same. You've got to keep, you know, that big ticket. The yeah. big big ticket items have yeah. to be the same. Whether underlying it's, underlying yes. family values about yes. 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 what For is sure. really important. So what is a big ticket item? If you can actually agree on that in the first place, whether right. you know, for some of us the curfew isn't so important. But yeah, if you can agree on the values underlying your big ticket items as family, as parents. I think that's important too, yeah. Yeah, and I think the uh, the other thing that we've done, you know, from a co-parenting, parenting standpoint, and I think it's important to point out the obvious that whether Nikki and I were together or not, we would still have different parenting styles. You know, my wife and I, we have two little kids. We are co-parents to our little kids and we're married and we have different parenting styles. So, but it just becomes a little harder when it's your ex, right? And, and all that emotional, if you haven't cleaned up that emotional stuff, you're like, oh. You don't want to like anything that they're telling you. <laughs> right, you want to agree on anything. And, 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 and also with the ego, like she's going to tell me what time I can have my son, you know, you know stay up until. But, um, you know, one thing that we did that was not afforded to me as a child um, was 
communication with our with our son and right. giving him um, a place to speak, a place to speak and to be heard, and and for his experience and his truth to be told. You know, when I was divorced, when my parents were divorced, it was like, okay, there was the event, right? We sat down at the kitchen table, and mom and dad's moving out, mom's getting divorced. Yeah. It done. That's it. Like there wasn't any room for. Uh, you know, an expression of hurt or feelings or what's going on with, uh, you know, me and my brothers and sister, you know, and me being, uh, you know, sort of uh, the way I'm wired is I internalized that. And, it, you know, I was 12, 13 years old. And I was like, Ooh, this is bad, but I didn't have a place to ex express myself. This is bad. I don't feel good. So, you know, I internalized it. And, and you know, the conclusion I came up with is that I was bad. And it was my fault, you know, and, and, and so all this, thing, but, but from the day one, we'd always given Asher, uh, you know, room and space to express his truth. And, and whether that was, you know, putting him in therapy, you know, putting him to go talk to somebody, um, whether that was. I, I can't, it's too long of days at mommy's house or too long of days at daddy's house. I miss the other parent. Fine. And we were like, okay. No longer will it be a week. No longer will it be five days. You tell us what feels okay with you. You know, or I want to go back to mom's. I miss mom. And instead of, you know, oh, well, it's my day. She had 22 days, you know, or whatever it was. It was like, okay, great. You know, and, and look, I'm not a holier than thou levitating over here in Florida. You know, it was just that hurt. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that hurt. That To hear that from my, my son, and I heard it a couple of times, and, and, and Nikki did too. That's a painful, that's like, oh, you know, you don't like me. You want to go to your mom's, but it's not what it, yeah. it's not what it's about, you know? And again, and, that's and, ego coming up, isn't it? Like yes. that, oh, that pain, like, that's ego. It's like, okay, let's not make this about me. Right. And being Take able to identify. Out of it, right. it's, it's what makes, it's what's going to make him happy. And being able to identify that, right? Being able to identify, oh, that's an ego. That's not reality, right? And, and, and. You know, another thing, perfect example of giving him space to express himself was, I think it was like four years ago, so he was 14. Him and I are on, on a fishing trip, and uh, we're on the boat, and he, he, he looks at me, he goes, Dad, you know, this divorce is hard on me, out of nowhere, right? And ego, first reaction was, you little SOB, you have no idea what a hard divorce was right and this is this is this is the, the, the quiet part that i don't didn't say that. but i didn't say that instead i was able to just take as good as it is with nikki and i and as good as it had been at that point i think for 10 years it's still hard right mm -hmm. just the logistics we live five houses down from each other but just logistics. like yesterday he called me and he had forgotten his uh what do you call his, it? His pencil pouch. His pencil pouch. <laughs> you know, and, and just that, or forgetting a book, or forgetting shoes. Is it 18? Shoes, 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 shoes. It's always shoes. the shoes in our house. It's I've always the shoes. shoes. Yeah. Right. And, and, and so, you know, and just, you know, the material stuff's one thing, but also if it were up to him, his parents would be together. Right. Yeah. And, and so instead of saying, you know, you little SOB, you know, I was able to, you know, thank him for expressing himself and thank him for opening up and saying, I know yeah. it sucks, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and so, you know, I think that's a big part of, of how we've, we've handled this, this, you know, divorce with, with him and always giving him space and, you know, to express himself and, and, and it's worked. Yeah. Yeah. Going on from that. Um, I wanted to ask you, and Ben, you touched on it before meeting Nikki's new partner, now husband, 
if when there are kids in the picture and as the adults excuse my meowing cat out there if you can hear it sorry listeners that's okay she's got dogs in the potty barking oh good (laughs) um so back to the question sorry if there are kids in the picture and we're dating repartnering Mm. what do you guys think are the red flags for a harmon if you or deal breakers if you're looking to really establish that blended harmonious mm-hmm. family what are the deal breakers great question Go well ahead. a funny story was that i had told, told ben at some i mean i you know i didn't keep tabs on him but i i knew what he was sort of doing once we got divorced <laughs> she wasn't keeping tabs on me the lincoln black lincoln continental that was far along <laughs> <laughs> So I called him one day and I said, hey, just do me a favor and let's not introduce anybody to our son that's, you know, going to be part of like the revolving door. And he, you know, as most guys would think was like, you know, at first he was kind of like, how dare you tell me what I can and I can't do. But I think once he took a deep breath and realized. I don't think I said that out loud. I mean, I think he kind of mumbled it. Did I? I mean, then he realized I was right. She can hear your thoughts, Ben. She can can. hear what you're thinking. I think she, we've said it so many times that she thinks I said it out loud. Yeah. He was like, you know what? You're right. I mean, that, and I think for me, that would have been one of my number one deal breakers. And, And I think that we both had a, we had a conversation before we started bringing anybody around and, and you know i think for you it was you know it was just asher i mean it was just nadia coming around asher yeah and i mean it was like you know it, it's just i didn't want him growing up seeing you know us just dating people and just thinking okay like yeah what kind of story does that tell about relationships right, right? And, and so uh nikki'd asked me that and yes, I don't know if I said it out loud or I thought it. I like, think maybe well, but basically, who the hell is she to tell me who I can and can't bring around my kid, right? And then it was, she's right, and that's the difference again between mm-hmm. ego and what's best for Asher. And so Nadia, my wife, uh, and I dated for a year um, before I introduced uh, her to Asher, uh, and and you know I gave Nikki the courtesy. Is that the right word? You yeah. know, the respect. Yeah, the, the respect. respect. Where you let me know. And- I kept her, you know, some people say, well, it's none of her business, but it was her business. This is her son. And I, so I explained that, you know, how they were going to meet and when they were going to meet. Um, and, and, you know, I, I, I truly believe we say this and, and it, however long we've been doing this, we haven't really found a good way to say it. So it just is what it is. But Chad and Nadia would not be in our lives today. Um, if they didn't buy into what we were doing, because if, you know, if we're going to talk about what's best for our kid, uh, and that's sort of our secret sauce, if you will, that included who we were going to bring into our lives. And if, if, if you said red flags, if, if I sensed any sort of red flag or, you know, that Nikki or Nadia was going to be, uh, an, a subtraction from this instead of an addition. Mm-hmm. She, she. I don't think she would be in my life. I mean, I, I, I know she wouldn't. And, and the same with Chad. And that's why this blended family works so well. You know, it, because when Nikki and I were doing it, it was a bicycle. You know, we were just two wheels, and it, it was a little awkward learning to ride a bike. But once we rode it, you know, it became a little easier. Mm. And then you had, and then you had four wheels, two more, and it's just like the bicycle. It all sort of has to um, be. Can you hear us? Yeah, gotcha. 
Oh, yeah. So, you know, it all has to work together and they've been great. And and talk about ego and talk about yeah. swallowing the ego. They have to do the exact same thing. And so when we wrote the book, uh, we ended up adding. We ended up adding chapters. Chapters mm. in it because they were such a big part of it. Okay. On a really practical level, and Nikki, oh, you might have touched on it, but how did you introduce your now partners to Asha? Well, because I, I get asked this all the time, how, how, what's the best way? How should we do it? So I'd be really interested for you to share that with the listeners. This is probably the best part of our story. And, and Nikki's got to tell us because. Oh yeah. So I, I'll explain. my side of the story was I was lucky enough to know him and Asher knew him before we got married. Yeah, I wasn't so, so lucky. So it made <laughs> the introduction of him just being over the house and spending more time with me and then in turn spending time with Asher uh, so much easier than it would have for somebody else because he just saw him before as like, you know, a, like a play friend, like someone that he would, you know, have fun with and play, like play around with. So I think that was what, uh, that made my side of it so much easier. Yeah. But for Ben, it's a funny story is I had known that Nadia had met Asher and every night when Asher was at Ben's house, I would make a point to call and say goodnight to him so I could just, you know, just, Make me feel a little better about, about him not being home. And so one night I call and I'm talking to him and he says to me, Hey mom, I said, yes. And he said, do you know Nadia? And I said, I've never met Nadia, but I, mommy knows, mommy knows, not knows who Nadia is, but she's never met Nadia. He's probably four and a half, five, maybe four yeah. and a half probably. And he said, here, talk to her. And he hands the phone to her and I'm right there. And I just, I mean, my wife is dark skin and complexion, but she turned white as Casper. The I mean, in my face, and I was like, oh my. So it was like the most awkward meeting, but it was his way of saying, you know what? It's time. Like yeah. there's a girl that's hanging out with me and dad, and I've never seen you around. So like, it's time for you to know her. Yeah, and I think the one thing, you know, we didn't, I think, I don't know if everybody does this, so I'll just speak from our experience, but we never gave Asher enough credit. How smart he was. Of how smart and aware and present he was to what was going on. Yeah. And that was including, you know, me uh, in that sort of purgatory of separation or, you know, before we make the decision of me sleeping in the hotel and then coming in the morning and pretending like I you know, was there and he knew that I didn't sleep there because he asked Nikki, like, where'd daddy sleep last night? Because my side of the bed wasn't made up, right? Smart. And uh, I think part of the question was about how we introduced Asher to Nadia. You know, Nikki said it was a little easier. Um, but but the first time we did, you know, Nadia and I plotted and planned that we were going to bump into each other at the mall. Um, and we bumped into each other at the mall and then we went, you know, sat there at the little play area. And, and then the next, uh, I think, time was we bumped into each other at a restaurant and, uh, you know, sat down. And, you know, I think Asher tells the story that he, he knew something was because all of a sudden we're hanging out every night, you know, or whatever. But, you know, the uh, um, it's, a, it's a tough one. I mean, it's all I, I think the only thing that we can say from our experience that we did was give it time. Mm. Right. And, and, and give it space to, to sort of see where it goes and, and not confuse children more. Um, um, and, and, you know, Nikki didn't really have to do that as much because, you know, Asher already knew Chad and, um, but with me, 
it sort of everything was slow. You know, I think as much as I wanted Nick uh, Asher to meet Nadia, and I'm sure as much as Nadia wanted to meet uh, um, Asher, the, the the time was good. Yeah, and and I think too often the time that the adults think is long and slow for the children is not long and slow. No. no. And and I'm speaking from my own personal experience of introducing my now partner to my kids when they were, I think, seven and five. Um, and they they recall that now at 19 and 17, it was fast. It was too fast. Where it's like, well, I'm like, mm. no, no, it was really it's slow. Like and then I had to look really back slow. and go, actually, for them, for them it was mm-hmm. really fast, even though at the time I thought we were going really slowly and steadily. But for them, they weren't ready for that speed. So being really intuitive with your kids about what they're ready for um, and their timeline as opposed to your own. Yeah. I said from yeah. personal experience. No, it's, it's interesting. It's, really it's right, different experiences. But, but you know, it sounds like you've given your kids the same space to express their truth and, and, and also take in their truth and not say, no, no, I waited X amount of time. It was plenty of time, but you know, to them, obviously they're saying that because they had a different experience. And, you know, one of the things, at least from a a guy's perspective, um, as hard as it was to not have, you know, a woman around, if you will, like Nikki, who, you know, took care of everything and, you know, make sure the schedule, you know, ran on time and everybody was taken care of and Asher had diapers and, you know, milk and all of a sudden being a single guy and not, I think I still did that when I left. You might've a little bit, but not as much, (laughs) but not as much, but you know, it it gave me that opportunity to really have time with Asher. I have to go to the grocery store. Like I got to go to the grocery store when he's over my house. I have to, you know, take him to, I got to feed him. You know, and, and amazingly, you know, he I, I returned him to Nikki every time, uh, you know, alive and all fingers and except for that one time where he split his lip open uh, or chin. But, uh, you know, he, he, he lived. But it was a good opportunity for me to, you know, to, to spend some time with him, you know, father, son uh, time. And it, and it made me, like Nikki said earlier in, in the podcast, a better dad. Yeah. And appreciative of the. The mental load or the role that Nikki's taken. I think that's that's another thing that I've learned that you know you you guys said before you, you parent really differently. My ex husband and I parent really differently too. And although you know at, at first I railed against the father that he wasn't. I wanted him to be this kind of mm-hmm. father. You know, over time I've come to accept the father that he is. And he's a really great, in lots of ways, he's a really, really awesome dad to my kids and it's a compliment. But, yeah, allowing him that space also in the early days to do it his way, to find his way through. And, yeah, Nikki, I think you and I are a bit similar because I really wanted him to do it my way. That's the right way. Oh, yeah, I Um, I still do. Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. totally. (laughs) Uh, Because it is the right way. No, I should, I should say. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so allowing him that space to find his own way through as a dad to mm-hmm. as a single as a single dad to two little kids. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. I want to ask you about your book, which you touched mm. on before. Ben, tell us about your book. Um, who's it for? What's it about? Happy to So talk. I think that you, you know the book. Um He made me write it. Nope. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, it, 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 I, I'm, I'm, when it comes to like telling like telling my story and like you know being out in front of things I'm a little more reserved than he is which is weird because I'm not really reserved in day to day life it's just I get a little 
So, you know. So we would, you know. We couldn't have done it without each other. No. Right? And, and, you know, part of our story played out in, in real life because it is real life, right? And, 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 you know, we got divorced and then social media came and, you know, we would post, we'd go on family vacations. We would do these things in our normal life. And people were like, what the what is going on with those health funds, DeBartolos? What, yeah. you know, is it some polygamy? Like they're, and people started asking us questions like, mm. is this real? And then people started getting divorced that we knew and they would call us and ask us, you know, advice. And, you know, I come from this world of, of recovery and this world of, um, you know, shared experiences and relatedness. And that's where I've made the biggest changes in my life. And and I think somebody actually wasn't mine. Someone said, or someone told yeah, us, like, why don't you, you guys write a book? You guys write like, a book. Huh? And, and, you know, we sort of blew it off. Go like, you know, I, I couldn't even write a paragraph in, in, in college. But, you know, then I didn't, then, it came to me and I said, you know, we really should do this. And, and uh, like Nikki said, it, you know, I was okay with doing it. Nikki was like, I'm not doing a book. And it took a while to convince her and, and uh, you know, but, but it would never have been written if she didn't do it with me. I mean, this, our happy divorce is as much hers uh, as as much mine as was the end of our marriage yeah. was yeah. as much mine as it was hers. And it took two of us to ruin our uh, uh, marriage and it took two of us to make, you know, our happy divorce. And so we took turns and we, you know, we, we would take an experience that happened, in, you know, in our marriage and write a chapter, you know, back and forth. And, um, uh, you know, our experiences, I didn't read hers. Um, she didn't read mine per se as much or make any comments. I didn't make comments on hers because it was her experience, even if I didn't agree with it. Right. Even yeah. if it wasn't my the way I saw yeah. it. Um, and then, like Nikki said, um, because we aren't authors and because we're not writers uh, and because Nikki and I would have a little argument. She would say, I'm not doing your effing book and we wouldn't write it. You know, we wouldn't touch it for a couple of months. It took two years. Um, and then after those two years, we had the manuscript and we said, wait a sec, look at our lives. Like it's not, our happy divorce isn't just Nikki and I, it's no. Chad and Nadia. And so we asked them to write chapters. And so they wrote chapters and, and, you know, so it's sort of this evolving, you know, fake it till you make it sort of thing. But the book and the writing of the book, even from when we started, our lives have become so much different and uh, uh, blended. Um, and then Asher, I think, wrote uh, in eighth grade, uh, his essay to get into high school was write uh, about somebody you admire. Yes. And he wrote about his parents, all his parents. And we didn't make them. You know, no. we, we didn't make them write it. No. Uh, oh, but essay was about yeah, right. Right. That's just for the uh, wink, wink. But, uh, you know, he wrote about us and what we've accomplished in after divorce. And so we had to put that in, the, you know, in the book and have him write a chapter because he's the reason yeah. the whole thing. So and I it, think, the, you know, the real reason why we wrote the book was, you know, wasn't to make money off this book. It was, yeah, it was it for was, cash and prizes. No, that's for sure. It was just the matter of like, if we could help one couple, then we did our job. Yeah. And that's yeah. the other thing, you know, if, you know, your listeners, you know, or anybody who, who hears this um, are going no way, like they are so full of, you know, what, like it, it, um, they live in a world of rainbow uh, waterfalls and unicorns and they're, they're making this crap up. Oh, we don't. Cause I still want to kill them. But, <laughs> but we just want to say that, you know, 14, 15 years ago, if you had told us, that we would be sitting on a podcast talking about a book that we wrote called yeah, our happy divorce. Chance. We would tell you you're out of your mind. 
Yeah. And there's no way. And we would think that the people who we heard us talking were full of, you know what too, but it's real, you know, and, and that's why we wrote it is yeah. just to give people some sort of hope. And if you've you know gathered anything from Nikki and I uh, personalities uh, is that we are type A, you know, sort of when we went at it, it was like two sheep rams, you know, going at it, banging yes. their heads. And so if, if we can do it, we're, we're pretty much convinced that you got no excuse. Fantastic. Fantastic. I love that. And I love that it's just that, you know, it's a glimmer of hope because it's, it is possible. It is possible. Mm -hmm. And you both need to commit to it. Sure. But yeah, a different story is really possible. And it's exactly why my business and my business exists and why I do what I do, why I put the podcast out there. I just want other people to know that you can have a happy separation, a happy divorce. You can, it, it is possible. So, Ben and Nikki, where can the listeners find and connect with you? Um, everything, this is really hard, so get down to a pencil and pad. Uh, everything at Our Happy at Divorce. Our happy divorce. Instagram, uh, um, uh, website, ourhappydivorce.com. Um, wherever, you know, social media can be found, it's, uh, it's at Our Happy Divorce. Um, and, and one thing I also, somebody asked us what, what our happy divorce means. Um, and yes, our story is, is different and unique. You know, yours is different, and unique. And there's no sort of, sort of for us, there's no sliding, you know, litmus test of what our happy divorce means, except uh, that you don't uh, hand your bill, uh, you, the, you don't hand your kids the emotional bill for your decisions, right? They didn't pick the restaurant. They didn't order the wine. They didn't order the food. And they shouldn't be responsible for paying for that emotional bill. Right. So that if you're able to manage that, you don't have to like the other person, you don't have to do whatever. But as long as you can, you know, avoid your kids paying that emotional bill to us, that's our happy divorce. It doesn't have to be this craziness of sitting next to your <laughs> ex-wife and actually loving her and liking her a little bit. A uh, little bit. A little bit. Yeah. So powerful. I love that message. And I love that metaphor for yeah, what happy divorce looks like. Because, of course, it's mm -hmm. going to look... It's going to be unique to each couple. It's going to be unique to each family. Yeah. And the rainbow unicorn option might not work for everybody. But no. If, yeah. yeah. If you just don't hand your kid that emotional bill, then you, yeah. I think it's a successful a successful outcome for something. That, yeah, yeah, no question. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Last question to both of you, and this is something that I ask all my podcast guests. If you could each choose a song to support couples, families, moving through divorce, wanting to make it peaceful and happy, what would what song would you each choose? Hmm. Hang it tough by the Duke of the Block. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, that's funny. That was, I mean, you know, that was my witty one. Oh, you stumped me. All right. Yeah, well, you'll have, to come you'll have to come back to me, all right, and I'll drop it all in the show notes. So have a think about it and um, come back to me if you can't think of one on the spot. Yeah, I can't on the spot, and I know that it was in, uh, but I just can't right now think of one. But I will drop it to you and put it in the show notes, and because uh, it has to be perfect. I mean, it can't yeah. just be off the cusp. Because I was going to say one by you too, but it's not really a song about. It's actually a song about splitting up. So, um, <laughs> oh, we can pop that <laughs> yeah, in there too, and then you can come back to me with the uplifting, yeah. uplifting great one. Right. I will also drop all the our happy divorce. Uh, social media, website links, book, all that stuff in the show notes too. Thank you both so, so much for Thank sharing. Thank you very much for having us. You're so welcome. Yeah. 
Yeah, thank you for having. It's great to know that on you know opposite ends of the uh, of the continents and different continents, people are doing this thing right and committed to doing this thing right. It warms our it warms our hearts. So thank you. Yeah, and, doing it right, doing it at least doing it a little bit better than it's been done in the past. Changing the stories. Sure. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Have a great thank you right. evening thank you. night. Thank Cheers. you. Yeah. Take, thank you. Take care.